The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the iniquities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Ladies and gentlemen, the Church of Laszlo has begun. Yo. Yo. All right, it's Friday. We're going to do some best of, right? We're going to record yes. the podcast. Yes, all of that. We're going to do that at 3 o'clock, right? 3 p.m. Central. If you want to watch us record the podcast live, you can do that on our Twitch channel. It's just uh, twitch.com slash Church of Laszlo. L-A-Z-L-O. Is that correct, Snowcone? Do we get all that? I Tune can't in at you. 3, correct? Correct. Yep, 3 o'clock right. Central Time. How are uh, you? I'm good, man. Good. It's Friday. Yeah, you had fun last night? Yeah, we went to a show together. We did. How about that? It huh? was good. I tried to sneak your son backstage. I know. I thought you did a good job. Well, I, ta- I you know, it was typical me on the way there. I was like, this might not work. Right, of course. I'm really sorry. I'm already apologizing. I'm really sorry. This might not work, but we got to try it. We sort of did, though. Yeah, you got back there. We made all the way back to the, uh, the uh, green, green rooms. rooms? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. He's, what are we doing for best of today? Yeah, well, what do you say about him? He's what? He's uh you know, he when he walked up to me and it's just crazy. In my mind I'm thinking about you know how long ago when he was born and how right, old I was sure. and it doesn't it just doesn't add up in my head. And I don't know, he just said to me, he was like, How you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. And I was like, I know. And I was thinking as I'm walking, like, man, he is he's an adult. Yeah. You know? And uh you know, I mean, obviously he's in high school, there's still yeah. a ton of experiences left for sure. his youth. But it's just crazy that that happened. Right, that quick. Yeah, it's so fast. I know parents talk about that all the time. I can't believe how old yeah. my kid is. But he's a good He's a, he's good, a good kid, kid man. man. He really I'm is lucky. a good kid. You're a good dad. He's got good parents. You guys did a good job. So uh, it was fun seeing you there last night. Getting yeah. that. Lazlo's just like, I'm, this is our suite over here. Like, how'd you get that? He's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. So, and Meredith showed Meredith up? Meredith showed up while I was standing outside. She came running up, and I was yeah. like, yo, come with us. Yeah, it was perfect timing. So yeah. as I walked in, you know, we're we're talking. I did miss and, the stage yeah. on so I apologize. Yeah, they're like, you're going to have to do it because I don't know. Lazo went over there somewhere, and I was like, what? Uh, doing what? So ran up on stage and for all those girls. And Hey, you know what? Been there before. I know. Congratulations. Some on things t- never change. Congrats on 20, 20 years, years later. I was standing next to uh, Meredith, and uh, I was like, I got to get to this stage announcement. And then right at that, you texted me and said, all done. I just did it. And I said, some things never change. <laughs> yep. Some things some never things change. Never He's change. just up there like this son of a bitch. Yep. I'm just standing there looking behind me like, is he going to walk over here? Mm. And they're like, here's going to have to go. Like right now. Go. I said, all right. And uh, snow cone basketball. How'd it go? It was great. He played great this time. Did he win? Uh, no, they didn't win, but. He's getting way better dribbling, and he had a shot last night that hit the rim. Ooh, nice! He's the tallest yeah. kid on the Snow team. Snowcone right? got yeah. mad at me today. I could tell. Oh, really? I, no, I wasn't. I was. Oh, that, do tell. I was supposed to have a Zoom meeting at right. one, and the link he sent wasn't working, so I'm scrambling trying to figure it out. He said, uh, "I said, how'd it go last? The same thing you did. How'd the basketball yeah. go?" And I asked the same exact questions. I said, "Did they win?" And he goes, "No." And I go, "Did he score?" And he goes, "No. He hit the rim." And I go. Well, that sounds like an abject failure to me, son. I don't <laughs> <Such> know. <a laughs> <dead. laughs> He's proud of his son. I know. I'm just Very proud of him. Did he anyone... was getting scrappy. He was diving for the ball. Right. Nice. Did they? Did anyone score? 
Uh, the other team did a couple. Of times. <laughs> the other team mm-hmm. did a couple times. Well, they some scored on our change. basket once, so I oh, guess. Actually, oh, that must have been my kid out there. <laughs> yeah. I remember those days. Boy, <laughs> yeah. most exciting moment in my life in youth sports was that moment when I broke away with the ball playing soccer, and I'm going. I'm like, man, no one is here. I got this whole thing. <laughs> Everyone starts screaming, "Yeah, raid, raid!" And I go up and boom, kick it into the goal, and it was the wrong goal. It was our mm. goal. And I was like, I think I'm done with this. I was like 14 at that point. I was like, I think I've tried to. 14 and you scored on yeah. Jesus, 14. Yeah. Well, how'd you get directionally wow. challenged that like that? We had just switched sides, and I forgot. You know, and I was always de- I was always defense. It always kept me in the back. I've heard that story before, but I thought it was like six. Yeah, or me too. Seven. I didn't think it was fourteen. No, no, I never 14. scored a goal at all at six or seven. I think the only <laughs> goal I ever scored was on in our own goal. So, but at that moment leading up to it, I cherished that moment because it felt like my Rudy yeah, moment. Yeah, I didn't realize people were screaming, "Turn around, idiot!" But because I just heard like, "Yeah," to Reed, me they were all excited. Reed. Reed. Yeah, yeah, like he's doing it. Look at him go. Well, look at you, man. Look at that potential. Look at you now, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So what are we doing, Snowcone? What do you got lined up? Well, uh, we got an interview with Michael Samanchik from the California Innocence Project. I figured oh, after that's a good one, Brittany yeah. Griner, we could talk to that. Uh, Lazo describes movies, which is a game we played with a caller. I did like that I do game. Like that game. <laughs> uh, the time that there was going to be drug testing at work. Oh, I don't remember that. That's when Meredith was here. It's 2011. Oh, wow. yes. It was when they changed. Uh, I think there was like a health insurance thing, and suddenly they were going to test fear. us for drugs. If I recall correctly, we were worried that they that they were. And we said, well, this can't work because well, I can't everyone imagine. on this floor will be gone. I mean, right. how, does that, how can that happen? And then we have angry caller Rick, who was furious about gay marriage, and we called him and talked to him about oh, it. Oh, and then mm-hmm. we just had gay marriage in the house this week, right? Yep. They mm-hmm. just voted on See it. See what I'm doing? Topical. 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 Gay marriage in your house this week? Huh? What you no, no, not in my house, but I'm not opposed to it. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, I'm just, just saying. I, was, I had no idea. <laughs> no, not my house. I would house. have liked to have been invited. The Church, the Church of Laszlo. All right, so apparently in 2015, we talked to some guy named Mike Samachek. <laughs> Samanchik. <laughs> he was a hockey player for the Calgary Flames. Hell of a slap shot on that kid. <laughs> Mikey Samachek. You remember this interview, don't you? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, Mikey, man. The guy was good. Yeah. Hell of a hockey player. (laughs) And uh, he also, I think, in his spare time, is involved with the uh, Mm -hmm. Innocence Project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was something we talked about. But Mikey Samachek, man. Kids loved him. Guy, man. Played the hell out of a hockey puck. Yeah, and he couldn't keep the ladies away. No, he couldn't, man. I mean, what a life. But good for him. Anyway, we talked to Mikey Samachek. Coming up next. The Church of Laszlo. Our uh, guest... uh, is from the California Innocence Project. His name is Michael Samanchik. Did I get that last name right, Michael? Yep, you did. All right, good. So uh, the California Innocence Project, from what I can understand, is a law school clinic where uh, you guys teach law students and also work to free uh, wrongly convicted um, people. That's right. Yeah, we. Um, I keep we wanting to say criminals, or but they're, if they're wrongly convicted, they're nothing. They're just wrongly convicted humans, right? Exactly. I mean, it, uh, uh, yeah, they're they're innocent. They've never uh, they've never committed a crime, uh, or they've never committed the crime by which they've been convicted of. Right. But as soon as people go to jail or are convicted of some sort, we automatically. I mean, I even found it hard to come up with the word when I was talking to you of what they are, besides being falsely. Convicted, even once they're right. exonerated. A lot of right. people are like, well, that guy. He, I know that they exonerated him and said that he was falsely accused, but he was accused of raping right. someone. He lives next door. You never lose that. 
Right. I mean, and especially in this system, you know, it's always you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. But let's be honest, as soon as you've been accused and the, and the police are pointing the finger at you, um, I think most people in, in our society believe that you've done something wrong. And, and that's, that's, you know, not the way that, um, you know, the founders intended the system to be set up. But that's the way that we're, we're using it today. It's a crazy system. As a guy who's been in trouble and guilty, uh, guilty as charged, um, I did notice, and you bring this up in one of your clients, uh, Brian Banks. Now, he was a, uh, and we'll talk, I'd like to talk about him, but he was a football star, and it looked like he was perhaps going to go to the NFL, and um, he was uh, wrongly convicted of rape. Um, but they asked him um, to either face charges and up to 41 years in prison, or just say you did it and we'll only give you five. Now, that's happened to me, too, uh, where, where you go into court and they say, look, if you want to fight this, it's fine. I've actually had attorneys tell me this. If you want to fight it, it's fine, but you're going to have to go to a trial by jury. And you know what? If you go to a trial by jury and, you know, make the judge do all this extra work, if they find you guilty, they're going to throw the book at you. Whereas if you just say you did it now, I can probably get you probation. And your lawyer actually tells you yes. they're going to be mad that they had to go to work, and the jurors are going to be mad that they called in <laughs> right. and, and had to do And this. if they convict oh, you, you're going to get in triple trouble, so you might as well just take, so everyone, take what they give you. Everyone, please. Right, and you, you see that both in, in uh, well, in all, all different types of cases, whether if it, if it ranges from a DUI to a murder case, they love to see that you take ownership of the case right from the beginning, um, and and reward you with this this lighter sentence, but they that doesn't take into uh, account the fact that you might not have done it in the first place, and uh, and that's just what happened with Brian. Yeah, he was facing 41 years to life, uh, and they came at him and said, uh, if you plead guilty to a single count of rape, you'll get uh, either probation, three years or six years, and it'll just be left up to the judge. And so. Uh, he went in uh, to sentencing, pled guilty to that. That well, he, he pled guilty to a single count of rape, and then uh, at sentencing, the victim's mother showed up and and talked about how this had had ruined their entire family. And so the judge went with six years. Um, and so did he get a? I mean, if he was if he was guilty of the single count of rape, then you know five years, two months is what he ends up serving is a lot better than forty one to life in California. He'd never get out. But you know, um, if you're if you're an innocent person and you're trying to decide whether to roll the dice and throw your life away, um, it's a tough decision to make. And you got to keep in mind that 95% of all cases in the criminal justice system end up um, being um, you know settled uh, before a jury trial. So a lot of uh, potentially a lot of innocent people could be pleading guilty because they don't want to take the chance of. Um, of spending the rest of their lives in prison. And he pled guilty. So even after, let's say, you know, his family continues to proclaim his innocence while he's in jail and, and his friends, and he's still saying from jail, oh, I'm innocent. It doesn't matter because the public is going to say, well, the guy pled guilty. That's the first thing we think. Right. And the well, why the hell would you say you're guilty if you're not guilty? Well, because they're saying they're going to execute you. <laughs> right. If you don't, whereas you might get probation. Well, they're saying you, hey, you got to spend the rest of your life in jail. If you don't say you did it, or you can be out in five years and two months. Well, I mean, you know, when you're sitting in jail waiting for that to happen, and it looks like they've already decided that you're guilty, or I guess they have decided before a trial, or else they wouldn't have taken it to trial, uh, your options seem very small at that point. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, I just just knowing the way the system is here, getting a sentence of 41 to life means you're dying in prison. Um 
And that's a, that's, and you know, the other troubling thing about Brian's case is at the time he was, uh, this whole thing was happening, he was still a juvenile and he wasn't allowed to consult with his parents to make the decision that he had to make. Um, and you know, that's a troubling thing too. You know, yeah, he gets, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes with his lawyer before they go in to, to plead him guilty. Um, but he should have at least been, uh, you know, allowed to, to consult with his parents given that he was under, under 18. And that wasn't something that he was allowed to do. So, you know, it's definitely a troubling situation and something that hopefully, um, you know, our criminal justice system will start to realize and hopefully fix. Right. Um, we're talking to Michael Simanchik. It's the California Innocence Project. I believe there's also a Midwest Innocence Project. They, they happen all over. I think UMKC here has one of the programs. Right. Um, now, uh, how do you go about, because I'm looking at your website and it has all these people who have been freed, uh, who were wrongly convicted. Um, how do you go about picking the case that you're going to take? Because I have to imagine with all of the people in prison, uh, and by the way, I've been, and everybody's innocent. I mean, you know that theory, although a lot of us did it. A lot of us did it. But there are a ton of people who would, who would proclaim their innocence. Uh, how do you pick which case you're going to take? Sure. So um, we do get 1,500 to 2,000 requests for assistance every year. And we go through those 1,500 to 2,000, and we, we are looking for cases where they're claiming that they're factually innocent and that they're still in prison and convicted in Southern California. If they meet those basic criteria, we ask for additional legal documents that give us uh, kind of a statement of facts that uh, is reflected in their trial transcripts. So they're in California, their appellant's opening brief gives us a good statement of facts. It's not just the client telling us, hey, I'm innocent. It's actually facts about the case. So once we've got a good statement of facts, we'll do a review of the case and draft up a memo about whether or not we think, um, you know, this case warrants further investigation. And so in a given year, we usually knock that 1,500 down to about 100, and those 100 will assign to clinic students. Uh, we have between 12 and 14 clinic students uh, that come and hang out with us for a year, and they do their assigned cases and they go out in the field and do full-blown investigations into these cases and try to determine whether or not this person that we've, we've handed their, you know, the case to, whether or not that person is innocent. Um, and if they come up with some evidence of innocence, then we'll, we as the lawyers will work with them to file um, petitions for writ of habeas corpus in court and try to get them out. If we at any point, even up to and including a hearing, get any evidence of guilt, then as an innocence project, we're required to close the case. And so um, that's how we kind of, we narrow down and decide which cases we're going to represent. Um, but I can tell you, uh, you know, there's, there's 10 hardworking um, students in our, in our workroom right now, and they're sifting through the 1,500 cases, uh, and there are um, plenty of claims of factual innocence that, uh, you know, that probably... Um, the person is innocent, and the the sad thing is we're just not going to be able to prove it in the long run. Again, right. Michael Semanchik, California Innocence Project. I'm not a religious man, Michael, but if there is a God, you're doing God's work. And we see documentaries about people who are falsely accused, and and hopefully the Innocence Project come, steps in and is able to help. They're the ones who say, you know what, I'm looking at all the stuff the police looked at, and it looks to me like they rushed this. And I... Excuse my ignorance, but I know that lawyers are taught, some, I don't know if it was Benjamin Franklin, Michael, you probably know, but some famous person somewhere along the line said, 
something along the lines of it's better to let 10 guilty people walk free than to let one innocent people or one innocent innocent person be convicted but we don't really have that mentality in the united states it's you're guilty unless you can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you're not guilty and not the other way around which is really really scary right i mean the, you know it's it, it and you see it mostly i would say in the in the gang cases especially in southern california if a you know, the easiest job, I think, in, in, in the world in terms of proving a case is to be a gang prosecutor, because really all you got to do is put put your gang expert on and, and, and say, yeah, that person, that defendant right there is in a gang, and their gang has done all of these bad things. Well, the jury doesn't even really care what the facts are that support the crime that they're on trial for. Um, they'll just convict because the person's a bad person, and that's and that's it. So, you know... Um, and that's a that's a scary thing because if we're not convicting them of what they of of crimes that they've act, actually committed, then the then the entire system can is falling apart. So, uh, Michael, I'm a huge fan. I would have uh, I've always been fascinated with the law. Um, I would have been a lawyer. I would have loved to have gone to law school, but at the time when it was time to do it, I just thought, you know, it seems like, you know, so much hard work and determination. And so I always respect guys like you, but I respect guys like you even more because I always said if I wanted to do it, I would be a defense attorney somewhere helping people because I think that's one of the, the loneliest jobs there can be. So my question to you is, why not entertainment law? Why not? Uh, yeah, why not real estate law or copyright law? Why not something? Is it just a passion of yours? How do you end up at a job where you're going out and trying to find innocent people who are already in jail? Who, let's be honest, they don't have money to pay you, man. Right. So um, I'll tell you how I fell into this situation. I was in my first week of law school. I came to law school thinking I was going to prosecute white collar criminals. And uh, the very first week, I went to a uh, like a seminar that they had where there was a guy named Timothy Atkins uh, that had been in prison for 23 years for a crime that he didn't commit. Um, and he had just recently walked out of prison four months earlier. And I, I sat there and thought to myself, 23 years, that's how old I am. This guy has spent my entire life in prison for a murder that he did not do. How in the heck did these people get him out? And so... I sat through the presentation and realized that it was a team of law students that did it at the law school at California Western, uh, where I was, you know, just getting started. And I thought, this is something that I want to do. So I applied to be a student in the clinic. I uh, got assigned my 12 cases my uh, second year of law school, and I continued to work uh, with the Innocence Project on, uh, you know, helping to come up with a wrongful conviction casebook uh, and continuing to work on some of my cases through my third year uh, until I, I finally got uh, bar results and found out I passed. And, um, you know, I've been here for um, five and a half years uh, since then. So, I, you know, it was kind of that, that initial moment, um, just hearing from Tim Atkins and, uh, you know, hearing his story and how his life was, uh, was thrown away for 23 years that that really captured me and took me out of kind of what I thought I was what I was meant to do and um, and put me into this world and I there's no looking back I mean actually walking someone out of prison is is the best most rewarding feeling I that only you imagine. Can ever, it takes really an incredible have. amount of empathy which you have and unfortunately plenty of people don't and I would make a terrible juror because I feel like if you put me on a jury and let's say it's a murder, whatever it is, I'm going to need basically video. I'm going to need everything because 
I have this horrible fear of being falsely accused. And I trace it back to when I was 12 years old, Saturday morning. I can remember it like it's yesterday. I'm laying on the living room floor watching Weekend at Bernie's on Cinemax, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a knock on the door, and I hear my mom go to answer the door. It's early in the morning, and when she opens the door, I hear a police radio. You know, and I hear, and I'm like, is that a cop at our front door? So I hear her talking to him, and I can hear her say, no, my son doesn't hang out with him anymore. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what, what is going on? A little bit later, my mom says, Reed, can you please come in here and answer a few questions? I come in, and there's this, there's this officer, and he's you know full uniform, the gun and everything, and his radio's on, and he sits down. And I sit on the couch across from him, and he pulls out a big bag of golf balls. And he says, Reed, do you recognize these? And I said, they're golf balls? And he said, yes, are they your golf balls? And I said, no, they're, I don't think they're my golf balls. I don't play golf. He said, well, we have a problem because your classmate who lives down the street says that he saw you and your best friend breaking his windows last night with these golf balls. He, he witnessed you doing it, and he's, I, he's ID'd both of you. Now, I didn't do it. I didn't leave the house, and you just have to believe me. I, I wasn't even the kind of kid that snuck out of the house. I, I was, don't believe I, you. I was too scared to do it, but I didn't do it. I don't believe so, Michael. We're talking to Michael Simanchik <laughs> from the California Innocence Project. Look, you've heard a lot of these cases, but you don't believe this bull, do you? Well, hold on. It gets better. It gets better. Guilty. It gets better. It sounds guilty. Even Michael said you sound my, guilty. My parents are Michael saying we're not me. taking on the case. My parents are standing up for me. I get to school on Monday, and the other kid who was accused, I'm like, what did you do? He says, I didn't do anything either. So I go to the guy who accused us, and he was like, and you killed him. He said, I saw you guys do it. I saw you guys do it. I said, what are you talking about? I'm in trouble with the law. We were 12 years old. When we were 19 years old, he finally admitted that he made the whole thing up, that he didn't know who did it, and he was afraid the guy who did it, he thought he knew who did it, and he was afraid he might beat him up if he told on him. So he didn't like us, so he told on us. And we were already kids who kind of were you know, derelicts and got in trouble, so nobody believed us. Right. And from that moment, I've always had a fear that the next person knocking at the door could be a cop saying, hey, so-and-so said they saw you do this. I know that feeling, and, the, and you're the only one who knows for sure that you didn't do it, and it's your word against theirs. Yeah, and that's it, that's a very simple situation that we see unfold all of the time, where you know somebody it, and a lot a lot of times it's stranger eyewitness identifications that we see our cases end up um, that we're that we end up reviewing. In, in your case, you know, someone just lying to to the police is another situation that we also see, um, and, and you know, it's for any number of reasons. But that's you know that's one right there that you. <laughs> Unless you're actually doing this work, you you would think no way someone would, of would course. go through with a lie <laughs> of and, course. Right. and hold on to it for seven years. Right. right, of course. And we're talking to Michael Simanchik from the California Innocence Project. I find what you do in all of this obviously fascinating. You have a list of people on your website who you've freed. We kind of narrowed it down earlier. You said you get about you know fifteen hundred to two thousand cases a year. That, in my math, is about five a day of people writing you saying they're innocent. You say you take in take on about a hundred where you actually send people out to investigate them. How many people a year are you overturned? How many people are getting out because of the California Innocence? Uh, project. So we file uh, of those hundred. We might file in court on eight to ten, and if we're lucky, in a year we'll walk two people out of prison. And so last year we had a pretty good year. We've, uh, I don't, if you're if you're looking at our website right now, we got a guy named Michael Hanline. We got him uh, his conviction overturned in November, November twenty fourth of two thousand fourteen, and the the prosecution held the charges over his head with the threat the threat that they would reprosecute until. Uh, April 21st, and they just dismissed uh, the case against him. So that was our biggest win of uh, 2014 because he had spent 36 years in prison for a murder he did not commit. That's Um, unbelievable. Um, So 
what I know you said that it's the most amazing feeling mm-hmm. walking someone who spent 36 years in prison for something they didn't do out of mm-hmm. jail but on what is a, I'm curious as to a case where somebody sent you a, I'm going to have two questions. There'll be a follow-up question to this, too. But if somebody sent you and said, I'm innocent, you dug into their case and you thought, what's the most ludicrous thing where you've just thought, well, there's no way this guy did it. You didn't even check this. Or you didn't check this. Have there been times where your mind is just blown that this guy's convicted and there's zero evidence? Yeah, in fact, those are those are we get we get cases all the time where I see that they are convicted on paper thin evidence, um, and I just cannot believe that that a jury. Well, number one, that they decided to prosecute, and number two, that a jury found them guilty. But unfortunately for us, those are sometimes the hardest cases to overturn because there was nothing in the first place that got them convicted. So you're kind of, you know, you're going through all the the police reports and trying to figure out who were the witnesses that were at the scene and, you know, what are some of the things that we can look at to see if, were there, was there any false evidence that was presented at the trial. But if there's nothing really presented at the trial, then, you know, it, it's a lot of times harder to overturn those convictions. So I, you know, I see those all the time where, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of one case right now where, um, you know, we've got... Um, uh, the, our client is uh, is in Vegas at the time, and nine witnesses uh, put him in Vegas at the time of the crime, and and we ended up finding the three real perpetrators in in the case, and and yet he still got convicted. Oh, so, yeah. you know, is it, he still it, in, in jail? County case, which is four hours away. So, is he still in jail? Yeah, he's still in prison. Jesus. Now, is that because, as a, as a spectator, you know, you read about it in books, you see it in documentaries, it seems like our justice system is a little more inter- interested in efficiency and speed than they are. I'm, I'm always amazed when you hear judges say, I'm not going to accept this DNA evidence. Uh, it'll take too long. Or, you know, we don't, right. you know what, oh, we have some DNA evidence. You know what, no, let's or get this thing Or when someone like you, you're up. right, and someone like you from the California Innocence Project will come in and say, hey, let's wins. test the DNA, right. because we didn't have, when, when this person was convicted, we didn't have the ability to test DNA, and they say, hey, you know what, we're not, we're not going to do that. And I always think, why in the world would you, what, to me, now you're at the point where, and correct me if I'm wrong, but now you're at a point as a prosecutor and a judge where you're just trying to cover your ass uh, on the guilty verdict, because you don't want to know the truth. Right. I mean, usually the excuse that we that we hear is that, um, well, the county would be on the foot for the bill, but really, in our cases, that's not true because we pay for the testing. Um, so, kind of the underlying uh, thought is that, yeah, maybe there's they are trying to protect. It's sort of an ego thing. We over the, over the last, um, you know, sort of five to seven years, we've had a lot more luck uh, approaching prosecutors and getting them to go in on testing on cases for the, for the exact reason that, you know, they really don't have an argument against. It's not like that evidence that's been sitting in the, in the refrigerator for the last 20 years is going to get any better. And it's not like they need it to keep their guy in prison. Um, they don't need it at all. Really, it's, it's there to, so that we can go back and check to see if, if, uh, you know, if they got it right. And so we've had a lot more success having the prosecution kind of uh, agree to testing lately, but not every single office. And we do see that. And I, I do think that, um, you know, there is some sort of uh, ego 
protecting the you know protecting the ego underlying all of it. Well, right. So. I, I don't think I've ever seen, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but has there ever been a campaign ad for a judge or a prosecutor bragging about how many innocent people they've freed? If a judge is, is trying to get elected or a prosecutor is trying to get elected, it's the same rhetoric over and over and over again. I lock them up and I throw away the key. That's right. what I do, and that's all people want to hear. Tough on crime. Or I'm tough on crime. No one ever right. says I'm also fair on crime. I try and I try and exonerate innocent people, which I like to think I'd say, "Oh, that interests me. I'd like to vote for this prosecutor." Right. I, but that takes a but lot. That of doesn't empathy. get votes. It does not get votes. No, it doesn't. You know, there's there's an interesting little shakeup going on in the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office right now, um, where the Brooklyn DA has just said, "Look, our practices in the past have been deeply flawed." And I'm going to go back and look at all of the cases. And that is the right attitude and the right model for the rest of the country. And so I'm really hopeful that, you know, prosecutors' offices around uh, the United States are, are taking notes and, and watching what's happening there as it unfolds because they are getting uh, the right results, which is a whole lot of innocent people have been, uh, have been released over the last year. So Amazing. It's amazing. We're talking to uh, Michael Samanchik of the California Innocent Project. There's a lot of people in jail um, that are high-profile cases that uh, claim their innocence. Have you thought about taking on any of these cases? Have, have any of them contacted well, of them, you? I, I Kid think from Criminal, if I, rem- I mean, that podcast that everyone listened to, I feel like at some point someone from one of the Innocence Projects was involved at some point. Were they not? Right. So that's the, the serial cases, the yeah, serial right. podcast. Um, so, yeah, that case I think was looked at. If I'm not mistaken, by the uh, by the Virginia Innocence Project, and I think they're still looking at it. And I think representing them. So I don't, you know, I've not reviewed the case to, besides listening to the podcast. I haven't reviewed the files to know anything about it myself. Um, we do take some. Uh, I would, you know, like the of the high profile cases. Um, we worked on a case last uh, last year of two uh, of an innocent couple that was locked up in Qatar in the Middle East. There's an agency called the David House Agency in Los Angeles that assists wrongfully convicted Americans abroad. And so, so we partnered with them. We partnered with them on the Jason Perkall case, and we also partnered with them uh, on the, the Grace and Matthew Hong case. And, and the Hongs got out in uh, December of last year. They, got, they boarded their flight back to Los Angeles and, and finally got out of the Middle East. Um, so that that's probably the the most high profile that in the in the Jason Perkall case are the most high profile international cases that we've handled. But they, you know, those are um, those are some of the tougher cases because it's not just working a legal system that kind of we've gotten to know, but one that's entirely foreign, uh, you know, across the board for us. So. You know, you, I mentioned the Serial Podcast, and I'll reference it again just because I know so many people listen to it, and obviously it was a big part of pop culture, and it was on Saturday Night Live. For a lot of us who were listening to that, uh, people were coming to work saying, I can't believe the cops screwed this up that badly. Michael, you said you listened to it. When you were listening to it, did you think, man, I've, I've heard much worse. I've heard worse. I've heard much worse. It could have been much oh. worse. No, yeah, I've definitely heard much worse. I still, you know, they didn't, it, and, you know, they kind of made a good a good point about the whole cell phone tracking and how it didn't line up. The timeline of the police did, just did not make sense. Okay. So you um, heard and it and I, you I thought this is, that something is fishy here. You thought that. Yeah, I mean, there's just no way. The timeline made no sense as to, you know, where he was supposed to have been, been at and, you know, the, the lack of the, there was no phone booth at Best Buy. I mean, there's a lot right. of things that, like, these are little tiny things you're supposed yeah. to hold that, but right. as I'm listening to it, I'm like, yeah, it sounds like they just didn't get their story straight, and they <laughs> okay. went, 
they rushed to, to trial and, and, um, and they ended up getting a conviction, which I don't think is that, um, unusual in our system to have really a, a story that doesn't make sense that's still, and, and not, a, you know, a, a whole, it's not, it's definitely no, not in any way a slam dunk case, but yet they walk away with a conviction. So. Sure. Again, uh, California Innocence Project, that's CaliforniaInnocenceProject.com. Um, by your estimation, nationwide, uh, how many innocent people do you think are in jail right now? It is a really hard thing to to put a number on that. But, you know, a study came out last year that said that 4% of death row uh, defendants are innocent, 4%, so 1 in 25. Jesus. Um, and if, if you take that number and, and you expand it to all people in, in custody in the United States. I think the figure in 2008 was um, about 2 million people were in, were in prison in the United States, so it's about 80,000 people. Um, and, you know, the way I kind of like to look at it is that 4% figure, you've got you've to remember that the cases where people are facing the death penalty, they get the best defense attorneys, the best prosecutors, the most amount of investigation, the best appellate lawyer, um, they get the best scrutiny. They usually go to the, the state's Supreme Court. They get federal review. So if the number is only 4% where they've got the best representation and the, and the most amount of eyes, then for the non-death penalty cases, I would suspect that the number would be far higher. Than, I remember uh, I got, uh, I got um, accused and arrested, and my public defender came and met me, and he was wearing overalls. And I was in Jacksonville, Florida, and I thought, Jesus Christ, I am in a lot of trouble. <laughs> like, that is not a good sign. He was like, well, what'd you do? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I just remember thinking, like, I know I wasn't murdering anything, but I remember thinking, like, we, we've got a lot of work to do here. Like, I... I shouldn't be the smart one in this group. I really need your help. And uh, I think you make a good point that, you know, uh, I think defense attorneys probably uh, are a little bit more excited to take a death penalty case because it's sexier and that's what you do as opposed to, you know, uh, assault on a law enforcement officer that's going to get you two years and nobody really cares one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, defense attorneys nationwide are overworked and underpaid. Um, and well, that not, would explain the overalls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the uh, and you know, some of the, some of the the bigger cities have have actually started to make it, so it's a little bit uh, more in line. So the prosecution and the defense are given the same sort of resources. So public defenders are, are paid the same as district attorneys, so that it's. Um, you know, so the, so the, the talent is the same on both sides of the because country. it wasn't always like that. I mean, it's, it was apparent to me. No, and it's still not like that in most of the in most of the country. And one thing that they'll never be able to replicate is that we put a lot of government resources into a police force uh, and and district attorney investigators, where public defenders they get one investigator maybe that works their case, but that that uh, public defender investigator is probably working 150 other cases. Um, so. It's not. It's definitely by no means a, a kind of a fair game when you come when you step up to the plate. Uh, I definitely see uh, the trials and tribulations of the defense side uh, that they face on a regular basis. But you know, I mean, there there's uh, the the criminal. I I always say that our criminal justice system is is probably one of the best in the world. But as long as we've got humans involved, we're we're forever going to be making mistakes, and and we have to recognize that. Right. It's interesting. I remember uh, watching, like I said, I've been a fan of law my entire life. I remember watching uh, 
Roy Black um, do a uh, 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 um, uh, uh, being on TV and them saying he was defending rich clients and therefore uh, his clients were able to pay for the best defense and that's how he was getting people off. And he made a statement that said, don't pretend like if I... Uh, defend a Kennedy that he has near the same amount of money as the entire state of Massachusetts. They have DNA experts. They have helicopters. They have, uh, you know, uh, this amount of police. We, no matter how rich your client is, he can't in no way, uh, compete with a state or, uh, or, uh, you know, the, uh, the United States, if it's a federal case, in matching money dollar for dollar, uh, to prove his innocence. Exactly, and I, that's exactly what I'm what I'm referring to. I mean, it's just it's just not even it's not even they're not even in the same uh, you know league in, in in terms of the amount of money and, and dollar for dollar. Uh, but but at the same time, that person that has the money to pay for uh, a quality uh, defense attorney and pay for a couple of investigators to just work out work on their case uh, has a much better chance at uh, at getting to the bottom of it, uh, right. especially if they're innocent. And most of our guys. Uh, men and women um, don't have the resources required to mount an effective defense, uh, and, and, and that's probably the, why they're in the situation that they're in. Did you watch Jinx? I did. Now, did you find it, because I think we're talking about the same thing again, and we're talking to Michael Samanchuk from the California Innocence Project. I'm sorry if I'm keeping you too long. I'm just fascinated by your work. Um, uh, when he, When his attorney said, hey, we're in a capitalist society. Do I like it? No. But uh, does the regular, everyday guy get me as an attorney? No. But he had a million dollars to spend, and he got me an attorney. And you know what? Rich people drive Cadillacs, and poor people drive crappy cars. I don't love it, but it's the way it is. And so I've got a job to do, and my job is to get him off. Right. I mean, that's I mean that that was one of the crazy that was a crazy show and the way the whole thing unfolded uh, just absolutely incredible. Um, How did you feel about it afterwards? Because I felt like I don't I don't love everything that happened in this. Uh, t- again, the timeline was weird and him confessing in the bathroom felt f- fake and weird to me. I didn't like any of it. Yeah, I definitely felt um, I definitely felt weird about it. But you know, he is just such an interestingly weird guy. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely, but it's oh but it's God. a scary thought to think that we're gonna we're gonna have this public opinion based on a show where the and by the way I'm sh- he's probably guilty but we're we're getting right. this idea based on a show that's directed by filmmakers right who right. admit that are they, paid to give a payoff that, at that the they, end they edit it to be slightly deceiving <laughs> so that it's a little bit more entertaining and that's a scary thought too. Oh yeah, the scariest thing I think in this case is that uh, how is he to get a fair shake in in any trial? He that's, can't. That's, that, and that's going to be a tough thing because who who's going to you know they're really going to have to find someone that hasn't seen the show and then you know what the judge is going to tell the jury don't go home and watch that what are the jury members going <laughs> to do course, they're going to go right. right home and watch it that's and they right. want to see what happens you know I mean that's the the hilarious thing is they say whatever you do don't read the media because we got to make sure that you're only getting your evidence from what is allowed in this courtroom but. You know, I mean, they're all human, so what are they going to do? They go straight home, and they look it up online, and they watch the jinx, and then they're tainted by exactly what, what you're seeing on, on TV, so that he's a, he's a weird guy, that he's got all of these other um, 
circumstances whereby he, you know, his, his wife in the early eighties disappears. Um, he's got that in the case in Texas. I'm sure they'll, they'll find out about all of that and then just assume, uh, that he must have, uh, you know, flown to California and, and done that, that right. murder. So. And even if he wasn't, uh, and even I think people in juries, when they fear that information, so well, even if he didn't do this, he did the other. So we'll just get him for this now. Right. It's the same, you know, same as what I was saying before with the gang, the gang evidence. I mean, it's it's it really uh, lowers the burden when you can uh, when you can uh, just say oh he's in a gang or oh he's done all of these other things and that stuff would be kept out but uh, but you know I mean we're all human so we know right. that um, you know at least at least a few of those jurors are going to go home and look it up online uh, or you know and and watch the show and and see what it all what all that has to say. All right. Uh, last question for you before we leave you. And again, thank you for all the time. Michael Samanchik, the California Innocence Project. And they can go to CaliforniaInnocenceProject.com. Uh, Tom Brady, are you, have you read all the statements? Are you, uh, willing to defend Tom Brady? Because I don't love the fact that he was, they just said it more than likely did it. That's not, that's not good for me. Well, I have to be upfront and honest. I'm a Steelers fan and we're playing the Patriots <laughs> in the first game of the season. So, so he you know, gets no help from you. I, I, gotta, I have to be upfront and honest with you. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, is it, uh, it I, I haven't read the 200 page report to, to be able to say what all evidence they, and they I hope you them. won't because meanwhile, <laughs> you know, there's 25 hey, more people hey, being locked hey, up. Don't diminish <laughs> Brady's problems here. All right. Uh, the website is California innocence project. Thank you so much for calling in. Yep. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks sure. Michael. The Church of Laszlo. Did they drug test at work? I don't think so. If they did right now, what would they find in you? Whatever I just took with that you gave me, <laughs> yeah. and I slugged it down with some of that fireball. So yeah, so that's it. Then just a little booze and uh, whatever you gave me, an unknown substance. Yeah, they whatever probably you, don't you, test for those. Whatever you gave substances. me, you said here, take this. It'll make you chatty. Is yeah, what you said. What's that noise? Is that your computer snow cone? Uh, I think so. Okay, that's yeah. fine. I just didn't know what it was. Uh, they would find that in me. I think they would find a little pot. They don't find pot in you, do they? No, they wouldn't find you're not, pot in you're, you're not a pot guy. They'd find snow cone in you. Yeah, I think I know what they'd find in snow cone. His DNA. <laughs> I think, <laughs> snow cone's DNA in you. They wouldn't even have to do Hopefully the test. Hopefully they don't ever test that. I think they just get close enough to smell them, and they're like, Whoa, well, they yeah. Tell, tell what right. you've been taking. All right. <laughs> they could see snow you inside snow cone by the look in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're getting ready to do, this discussion about it was we thought we were getting it drug was 2011. tested? 2011, you guys thought 2011, there might be drug tests. Wow. It's 11 years ago. I saw someone said on Reddit that uh, on our subreddit that we sound different, or that Laszlo sounds different. Did you see you that? We both do, for sure. You think? Uh, she was saying, is it just me, or does Laszlo sound really different in the old bits? I noticed that from the early 2000s, I can hear it. Actually, yeah. someone uploaded audio from 2004 mm -hmm. of you guys, and it, it's crazy how different it sounds. It's probably... You don't sound different to me. Yeah, like if we're out talking, do right, I? Neither, no. It's this. The microphones. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys are trying more. It sounds more like a, hey, what do you got coming up on the show Oh, today? yeah, we were very... You know, uh, it's excited. hard for me to listen to. Yeah. Like, All right, Laszlo, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. you know... 16 years later, you're like, right. well, what are we going to do today? <laughs> exactly. Jesus Let's, Christ. Can we sit down already? Right. Let's just sit down. <laughs> the Church of Laszlo. I have to break to you guys you're the bad news. You're killing me with this. I, I, it's not a, why is Jeremy dancing? I want to hear this. I want to know what's going on. So do you want, are we playing 20 questions or are you, you going to come clean? Well, coming clean is part of it. Coming clean is part, part of it. Part of the bad news. Did you have to come clean with somebody? Uh, no, but I will. 
You will? I will. We all will? Yes. Welcome to the world of random drug tests, my friends. Company drug tests? Company random drug tests. We got to drop PP? When? I don't know. Whenever they call your number, I don't know how it works. I haven't gotten the full details of its social security number or your employee identification number, but... They're random? Yeah, they're random, and then the engineer, the head engineer, he's the one who follows you, apparently. I mean, they have it all figured out, and then you'll have to pee into a little bottle, and then they'll test them. Jerry, can I have some of your pee? Is that what that... (laughs) Do you smoke weed, Jerry? Nope. (laughs) So that's why I was saying it's not going to affect me. I didn't know if it was going to affect you, because I don't know that much about your personal life. Uh, the intern, does they're not going to randomly test you because uh, you don't get paid. So you're fine. <laughs> they don't care. That's why I said I, I felt like it was going to hurt you more slim fast than Meredith, only because I assume both of you are going to lose your jobs and you make more money and have a house and a wife oh, and all that. I so see. And a big truck. I mean, you got I a lot see. of stuff. <laughs> Where Meredith, if she loses her job, I don't know exactly. I mean, she has like her sister's couch. I mean, it's all, I mean, I don't know what she loses. I wouldn't lose anything except my job. Right, and a career. The love. I love this job. I can't lose this job. I know, but you mean you're not going to stop on, so. But here's the thing. I'm just going to borrow people's pee. I got this. Meredith. (laughs) You can't borrow people's pee. Have you dropped for work before? Yeah. And I passed with synthetic urine. So you use the the powdered stuff? No, no powdered stuff. I use a bag of synthetic urine that I tape to my body. Yes. And I You use the urinator. It's called the urinator. Whatever. It was my idea first, the urinator, by the way. Long story, my idea. I told my wife a long time ago, I've been clean. I haven't done any drugs uh, not prescribed by a doctor or booze for like 13 years. So like uh, 12 years ago, I know you're going you're gonna to be like, oh, but you can take all the Klonopin you want. Yeah, I can. I don't, I'm not going to test for it because I have a prescription for it. Well, maybe if you get marijuana legal here and you get a doctor to prescribe it to you because you pull out your eyebrows, maybe, maybe that'll change. But as of right now, <laughs> you're in a lot of trouble. I'm not. That said, um, like 12 years ago, I told my wife, this is what I should do. I said, you know what I should do is I should sell my pee. I'm like, I could sell my pee. It's always guaranteed clean. Because I don't do anything. And people could buy it. And then they figure out, you know, like, I don't know, some way to squirt it out of their pants. And I never run out of it. I always have pee. It's a, I have an unlimited supply of pee. And people need pee without drugs in it. And I know mine's never going to have drugs in it because I don't do drugs. This is people need pee and I have it. And I could charge them for that. And they would be willing to pay, especially a guy in a jam. Like, oh, my God, I got a pee test tomorrow. I got your pee. His name's Lance Armstrong. Sweet, right, Lance Armstrong. I'm like, I got your pee. Test my pee. Test my blood. I'll get you whatever you want. I, I wanted to open up a business. Testmypee.com. Take my pee. It's my pee. Why? All I got to do is sit around. I don't have to do anything. Taste. Just pee. <laughs> All I have to do is pee. So I brought this up, and my wife said, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Nobody's going to pay good money for pee. That is so yes, dumb. Yes, people will. People right. My wife called me the dumbest thing in the world. Just said, this is another one of your stupid unemployed ideas. Because I was unemployed at the time. She wanted me to go work at Pepsi and unload trucks. And I said, I have this idea where I sell my pee. <laughs> and she's like, God damn it, would you just get a job? I said, no. My pee is a commodity. I can sell my pee. She says, the stupidest idea ever. Now I look on the internet, just guys making millions of dollars selling their pee. I was right about that. Why? I've had other bad, like bad business ideas. Why did they change the rules? 
I have no idea why. Not for me to ask. Obamacare. I'll bet you. You know why? I don't know why I think that. But uh, I know that the, the you started getting free uh, free uh, sex pills. What do you call that? What birth do you control. Whip? Birth control. I'll bet this is part of it. They don't want to. They don't want to give people insurance that uh, you know. Like so what are you guys going to do? Well, uh, unfortunately for Meredith, I have Amazon Prime, so I get free shipping on X Extra Clean, and I just ordered a whole case. Well, sixteen forty one. That worked that one time, right? Yeah, for me. But Danny it, Parkin it, just walked in here. Do you know? Did you see? Did you bought? Well, you, your buses is the first day. Oh, so he probably doesn't know. Or he does know, but he hasn't had any way to disseminate the information, you guys. What are you talking about? Uh, company-wide random urine tests will start for pot. soon. Well, for everything. I, I mean, Yes, I but including pot. Including marijuana. No, it's true, Danny. I'm You're shaking joking. my head in disbelief. What? You're joking. No, I'm not joking. I'm being honest. I, I got the email, and I was supposed to tell... Can I see the email? He well, yeah, but I was supposed day. to tell everybody individually in my office like a good boss does like hey we're gonna start doing random urinalysis and explaining the procedure and then i don't danny thinks it's not true i'm telling you it's true when does this start every day i don't know when it starts i'm being honest the email said that this is that this will start the future some has something to do with obamacare i have no idea they just said that we should tell all of the management we had a management meeting with david field uh I should. I'll show you the email. I'd love to see this email because you. Got I will a lot show of you the one where I had to go on. Right the one that I had to go so, on. So Meredith, what are you going to do? You just going to quit? It was a no. big conference call, and all of the management was on. Quit? You smoke and you guys day. smoked I weed. I won't be able to collect unemployment if I fail a drug test. So it's either I quit or I go in knowing I can pass that drug test. Meredith, are you really telling me you're going to buy powdered urine every time you go in there? I will, yeah. Well, you have to have powdered urine like on, on you every day. You're going to keep right. it in your it's desk It's a random drug test. I yeah. mean, we're going to have to drive down there. They have to give you a 24 hours notice or something. I don't know. I'll this be honest with you. I don't know how that works. It's, I don't think it's probate. I think they just call your number. And, I think and, they do it here, to be honest with you. And if you, you fail, do. you get fired? Oh, they that I don't know. They here. haven't told me that. That well, I don't why know. why can't just Jeremy go and be like, hi, I'm Meredith for here? Because I think Ken knows who you are. Yeah, the engineers know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about uh, it. This is what it. they did. This is what they did. I worked at a place <laughs> where they brought them in before. They bring the people in there with the gloves. Yeah. You have to do it at work. I don't know. I really don't. I'm being honest. I don't know oh, all the details. There's no way to get out of those. All I know is that they're starting to do it, and maybe it's for insurance for, purposes. I mean, maybe part-timers, part-time, full-time, ever. Maybe part-timers won't be subjected to it, maybe because it is insurance purposes. I don't know. I'm, I'm just telling you what they told us on the conference call. They're going to fire a lot of people around this building. I don't know if they're going to fire you. <laughs> I don't know if it's a three-strike thing. I have no idea. That whole station. <laughs> Down at the end of the hall, hey, I, all look, of them smoke weed. I've smoked with almost everyone down there. Hey, I don't know what their boss is telling them. I don't know what Danny's boss is going to tell him. I'm just telling you that that this is a practice that's going to start in the near future. Yeah, it's going to be fine. <laughs> Why is that going to be fine for you? Because you're skinny? Yeah. It is easier for us. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. Because for people who don't know, the bigger you are, the longer it stays in your system. So for skinny guys, yeah, but we you can guys get smoke every day. Days. It's going to be in your yeah, system. Yeah, but if you just drink day. a lot of water and take a lot of vitamin B, sweat it out. Oh God, I got to start exercising. Yeah. I mean, I just came from the heart doctor. But. I will stop smoking. I'll do the whole like smoke for a month, not smoke for a month, smoke for a month, not smoke. <laughs> but they're not going to tell you what there month is. they're going to test right. you. Yeah. Does she not understand this concept? They have a number. I don't know if that's your social security number, if it's your the number they use to uh, generate your paycheck. I don't right. know what that number is, but they're going to say anybody who ends with a, an eight is getting tested in Kansas City today. I got tested twice. Anyone who ends with a three time. is getting tested in Seattle today. That's the way they're going to do it. 
I like her month on, month off. I know. Like, that doesn't work. Because if they ask you on the month that you're on. I thought my strategy was dumb. I just <laughs> spent 150 bucks on a case of extra clean. Might as well be snake oil. It did work that one time. I've never been drug tested. It's the stupidest thing ever. Whatever. I'll be fine. Why they would should you be let fine? weed be okay. They should still keep us employed. If if there's other crazy drugs, then okay, maybe someone has a problem and you don't need them at working for you. But weed, seriously. It's practically legal. When it our big creativity. bosses here smoke weed, what, I mean. Meredith, <laughs> you should probably yeah, I don't know ease off of the accusations and <laughs> ease off of throwing stones. The first thing to do is not talk about how everyone here smokes weed. That's not a good way to make friends on a day like today. Okay? There's a lot of people who are thinking the same thing we are. And right. what they don't need is you saying, oh, he smokes more weed than me. <laughs> That's nice. I didn't say that. You basically that. did. You just said an entire station. Then you said your boss's boss's You boss guys have said weed. it before on the air, too. Meredith. Look, I don't know. And look, you, look, you're saying all this stuff. That's fine. If our boss's boss's boss smokes weed, then he feels the same way you do right now. Right. That's what he's I'm like. God damn! I got to get tested. So, so he's we not have o- to get clean. Right. So he's not overly excited about it either. That you throwing out slanderous right. <laughs> yeah. so allegations ridiculous. towards people that may or may not be true is not your way to get through this problem. <laughs> and if he is high, if he does get high, he's sitting in his office too with the same thing you are. Like, oh God, probably listening. <laughs> right. Thinking. How do I, how am I going to stop smoking weed? I don't know. Maybe he's got a medical marijuana thing. I have no idea. Oh, we need that. Maybe he doesn't even smoke pot. I have no idea. Maybe he maybe smokes something else, or maybe it's something else. I have no idea. All I know is that you smoke a lot of pot. Yeah. I know Danny smokes a lot of pot. I know Slim Fat smokes a lot of pot. I, I didn't know if Jeremy did or not. I thought maybe she did, maybe she doesn't. Danny Boy, Danny Boy smokes pot, too. She again, again, I just said, stop with the name calling. <laughs> Everybody's feeling the same pressure. <laughs> I know. Except for me. Accusations. Right. All right. Well, Meredith, I looked it up. It looks like LSD and shrooms can't be tested for. <laughs> Talk about unintended consequences. I'm already searching for drugs I can't test for, but there are drugs I don't really want to do. I don't want to go home and eat shrooms every night. No, God, no. And I don't want to do acid every night either. No, but we're going to have to. <laughs> Sounds exhausting. <laughs> Forcing you guys I mean, into an acid habit. To. We're going to yes. have to. And when they ask what happened to Slim Fast and Meredith, when they find our bodies, you know. When you guys are just walking naked. around here like yeah. wavy gravy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Woo, <Remember> hello. Baby <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. You wouldn't let him smoke pot. It's going to be there. Weird. Fault. You know who's really crying right now, Meredith, is our drug dealer. She is the Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. What's going on? Not much. It's Friday, so we're doing a little bit of best of, but we're also here and uh, doing the podcast, right? So it's not yes. like we're not working. Yes. We are here and we are working. And uh, Snowcone found some best of. It's a game that we used to play on the program. Okay. And it was Laszlo Describes a Movie. Now, if I recall oh, correctly, Lord. what we did was we'd have people call in and we'd get someone on the phone. And once they were on the phone... I would write down the name of a movie on a piece of paper and hold it up for Laszlo mm-hmm. to look at. That's it. And then he had to describe what movie oh. I had held up. But he wasn't allowed to use the name, and he wasn't allowed to say the actor's names, right? Was that part okay. of it? Okay, that's fair. I'm pretty sure. So mm-hmm. we can play that game with a few movies. Let's see yeah, if so I can I've get got one, yeah. on. I've got one right you now. Want to do a couple of them? Let's sure. See. Okay, so this is the first one I pulled up. Oh. <laughs> I saw it. Let's see it. I thought you might have seen it. Um... 
Well, I mean, I, I you know, uh, do I have to describe it or can I just give him a word and then he guesses? Because I know. You know what it's about? Well, I know if I said a word or a phrase, he'd get it. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. know. It's about some guy who drinks a lot of wine and hates Merlot. Gets drunk in a, some sort of uh Oh, uh, the Paul Gima uh, he gets uh, sideways. Drunk. There you go. Right. Now, see, see that's a good one because Lazo's seen it. And part of the theme of the game was that Lazo doesn't watch a ton of movies. No, I don't. I remember that hate Merlot line. Right, yeah. that was it. Yeah. I'm not drinking Merlot. Drink. That's yeah. what I, I knew I would. And what I think, that movie was about, I have no idea. I think yeah, it's wine, right? <laughs> I think so. And All right. Depression, from yeah. what I can tell. I'll give you another one. Oh. What do you got? I've seen this, too. Okay. But it's probably been a while. Yeah, and a guy's going through a divorce. I think he might be divorced. He works out in his garage and tries to bang the next-door neighbor who's young. Oh, American Beauty. There you go. Boom, that's pretty good, right? (laughs) Not bad, huh? See, because he's seen it. Yeah, great movie. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, hold on. That was a pretty good description, wasn't it? That was really good, yeah. Thank you. I've got... If I had to go further, it would have been like, I don't know, a bag and a camera. And roses. Yeah. Rose petals. All right, one more. Here you go. What is? I don't think he's seen it. I haven't. It's not. It just seems like it's very popular, but I don't think it's the kind of thing that he would. Okay, watch. Is something I would watch. You've. I'm sure you've seen it. In my mind, you love this. I kind of know the idea. Film. Okay. I think it's. I don't know. Maybe these kids go to college or something, and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's got a university involved, and I could be mixing movies. They maybe they all wear tracksuits and kill themselves. Maybe they all wear tracks <laughs> maybe and kill themselves. Maybe. I think that's it. I, I think, think that's it. I think it's supposed uh, to be funny, but somebody dies. I think he's so what he's doing, Snowcone. Oh, I don't want to ruin it. Do yeah. you have any ideas? I have no idea. Wait, hold on. Snow, uh, it sounds like the Haley's Comet people. No, sweatsuits like <clears throat> like, you know, jackets and pants and it's supposed to be like a dark comedy but the guy ends up killing himself. It's not so funny. I mean, unless Royal you find Tenenbaum. that funny. Yeah, that's, that's what, what he's describing. But I Damn. put up Rushmore. I put up Rushmore, <laughs> and he started to describe. <laughs> okay. Royal okay. So he's tracksuits, and they kill him. Something like he's mixing up movies. Like, that's you got the director Tenenbaum. right, though. You got the director, so that part of your I brain. Did? Yeah, isn't it the same director? That's Wes Anderson. They're both Wes Anderson, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, hold on. Same movie. pretty sure Wes Anderson did Rushmore. That was like his first big one. I think that was his first one. Okay. So that was, you know, there's something there. Same movie. Yeah, there's something there. That's good. All All right. right. So we'll play this. uh, When was this recorded? 2014. There you go. 2014. It's the Church of Lazarus. Oh, man. Spencer, he got you good. It was a sick burn. <laughs> sick, sick burn. Uh, okay, let's see here. Who the, who's this? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Yes. Who's this? This is Rochelle. Rochelle? Yes. Hi, Rochelle. My name is Laszlo. How are you? Good. How are you, Laszlo? Good. What are you wearing? Um, Ugg boots and jeans. I love it. I love it. That's my kind of girl. Are you going to work, from work, no work? What are you doing? From work. Where do you work? Uh, I work for myself, selling heavy machinery. Oh, really? Yes. A good job. You wear UGG boots doing that? Uh, I work I don't think she delivers today. it. I just feel like when you come to sell me some heavy machinery, I don't expect a woman in UGG boots. She'd be like, this is the earth mover you need right here, see? It was an office day. I had a meeting with um, a tax accountant, so... Lots of fun today. All right, good. Well, uh, here's how this game works. I don't really remember how it works, to be honest with you. Lazo doesn't watch movies. And I'm a little high, so it's going to be difficult. 
But okay. here's how it works. He tells a movie, and uh, uh, I'm going to hold up the name of a movie for him. Yeah. And he's going to, it's a, they're all very popular movies, movies I'm sure you've seen. Okay. And he's going to, but he hasn't seen them. I'm almost positive. Without being positive, I'm pretty damn positive. He's never seen them. He's going to explain that movie to I you. I hate movies. Based on what he knows about it. And if you can get two out of three of these, we'll give you tickets to, uh, one of the night the buzz stole Christmases, whichever you one pick. You want. Okay, all right. Okay. So hold on, we have an intro here. And now, Leslo explains the plot to a movie he's never seen. All right, here's your first your first movie there. Mm, I can't say the name. No, you cannot use the name to describe it, and you can't say who's in it. Right. I don't even know. Well, I can't remember who's in it. Oh, I could. Um, all right. So there's these uh, two guys, and um, they live. In a certain, they live in a, they live in the East Coast, and someone, um, they found a like a case full of money, and they wanted to return it to someone. So they drove across the country to return the case of money to this old lady, and this old lady, uh, she. Yeah, she ended up being a crook or something, and anyways, the guy's, uh, you know, hilarity ensues. Oh. Okay, Rochelle. Right. Uh, yeah. Got, There's a that? bird involved somehow. There's some sort of uh, extinct bird. I think they kill an extinct bird. Spencer knows. Uh, yeah, that, he, that's pretty he good. pretty good, right? Yeah, that was pretty good. There's a bird Did I nail involved? it? Oh, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah! Yeah, <laughs> there you go. All right, huh? good job. Okay. Uh, Did I get that right? Um, for the most part, they were trying to. He, she, she dropped a briefcase for a money drop at it the was airport, a thing. and Lloyd thought that she left her suitcase behind, and he's in love with her, so he goes cross country to take the money uh, back. She didn't want the money back; she left it there on purpose, and he's such an idiot. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, you had the briefcase and everything. You did it. I remember, like, I've I've never seen the whole thing, but I remember them being at like uh, a reception and the bird getting shot by a cork. Oh, the owl! I thought he was talking about the headless bird. Oh yeah, I thought about there's there's a headless bird and there's an owl that gets shot. I was talking about the owl. That's the only part that I'd seen. Okay, your second movie. Come on, I did pretty good. This is your second movie. Okay, God. let's do it. And now, Leslo explains the plot to a movie he's never seen. Okay. All right, this is a movie, uh, I, I believe it's about high school kids, and one of them is running for uh, class president, and um, it's kind of a, they're both kind of dip S's, and I think one of them, one of them might own a llama, and... Um, Napoleon Dynamite? Yes! yes! The llama was key, <laughs> the llama was so key. Come Man, on, that, that was, was good, good, right? Yeah, that was really, really good. That was good. good. That was good. I've never really seen that either. You've never seen <laughs> no, but I, I don't even was the kid running for something because all I re- I see the teacher <laughs> to say uh, Pedro. Yeah, that's I saw the teacher yeah. to say vote for Pedro, so I figured he was running for. Was he running for class president? Did I get that right? I think that's something right. like that. Yeah, okay. he was. And then Napoleon Dynamite helps him get elected because he practices this dance. Well, my next thing, if I was going to do, is that there was going to be a dance, and he performs in a, a dance, an interpretive dance. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, you already technically got the two out of three. Do you want to do the third one? All right. Yeah, let's do the third one for fun, boys. Uh, let me get a good one here because I got a couple here. All right. All right. Come on, I got this. If you get three out of three, I'll give you both nights. How's Ooh. that? 
All right. <laughs> what do you think about that? Um, all right, I think this is good. I think this is good. Oops, I just wrote on the table. Come on, I got this. Let's go. Hurry up. All right, here we go. Okay. And you cannot use any of the uh, any of the okay. words from the from the title of the movie. Okay. I can't use any of the words. I have to use some of the words. Nope, I don't want you to use any I don't want you to use the, the any of the words. Nor the word that that's short for. Okay. Well, I have to use this word. I know this is hard because we're doing it live. But I have to use this word. No, you can't. I have to. <laughs> How can I not? There's a way to do it. All right, well, there's a... <laughs> I think I have to. Come on. You, do you want a different movie? Yeah, because, I mean, how can I talk about Con Air and I can't say airplane? <laughs> you could have said plane. You yeah, you could have no, said No, I said, plane. can I say airplane? You wrote down airplane. He said not what it's short for. Oh. I thought, I meant convict. I was afraid oh. you were going to say convict. All right. No. All right, here we go. <laughs> this well, Jesus gonna, Christ. This one's it. harder, though. Oh, man. All right, so... Uh, here you go, Spencer. This is the last one. Oh, this will be oh. easy. This is a okay. movie that takes place in North Dakota or Minnesota or ah. something. <laughs> North Dakota. And they talk it's, funny, and it's got William H. Macy in it. I said you couldn't see him. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and someone um, gets chopped up in a wood chipper. Fargo? Yeah, Fargo. You go. yeah very good. You get all three He's a used car snow. salesman. Yeah, good job. Yeah. I've seen parts of that, too. It's a, that's a good movie. You I haven't like seen that. the whole thing. I'm not interested. Really I hate movies. I don't have an attention span to watch a whole movie. You know, they're only a couple hours. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have time to sit around for two hours and watch that crap. Rochelle, Rochelle, you win tickets to the Night the Buzz Stole Christmas Night 1 and Night 2. Woo-hoo! And uh, uh, so hold on, and Spencer will... Uh, 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 Spencer wants to smell your Uggs. Yeah, he does want to <laughs> smell your Uggs. And he wants to find you on Tinder. So hold on just a second. And don't forget... Uh, tickets go on sale tomorrow, right? For uh, 10 a.m. So the, the pre-sale sold out for both shows tomorrow morning. Tickets go on sale 10 a.m. for both nights. But you don't have to buy them because you're already going, Rochelle. I already put her on hold. Oh. The Church of Laszlo. Hey, this best of segment is one of the many reasons why I hate you. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> my man. favorite. What a, what a way to open a conversation. It's mm-hmm. so ridiculous, though. Yeah, it is. It's just I, you, I, you. I am so confused to this day about why this is such no, a big not. deal to you. No, you're not. Uh, yes, I no, am. I, and look, maybe I have some connection that I don't consciously remember from my childhood that causes me to feel the way I feel about this certain thing. But I still don't like it. Yeah, I, okay. I don't like it. Yeah, right. I don't. I, I and I. It's not like you know the absolute worst thing in the world, but I legitimately just I don't like it. And people got very mad to this day. When was this recorded, Snowcone? Oh, let me check. Because to this day, it's just so people still untrue. come come up to me and and will say something about it. This was 2015. 2015. So seven years now. And still, people will come up and say something about right. it. As nobody believes should. it, and if they do, be- if they do believe it, then they dislike you as a human. I yeah. couldn't believe I couldn't find anyone to agree with me. I figured there's got to be a certain percentage of the world that maybe agrees. someone is lactose intolerant or dumb. Yeah, yeah that right. doesn't count. Or it's really dumb. Oh, right, Jesus. All right, all right. So if you haven't guessed, it's well, the, we'll uh, talk about it coming yeah. up. The Church of Laszlo. Hi, hi. <clears throat> you saw the same story I did, right? About the guy Mark Rantle in Colorado was he Springs. Chipotle? He's eating Chipotle every day since April 6th, which is 
107 days in a row. He orders the same thing every time, I guess. It's a burrito bowl with sofritas. That's Is that the tofu? Yeah. That's the tofu, right? Okay. Yeah. And he says, and then I guess he also gets white rice, pinto beans, fajita vegetables, mild to medium salsas, corn cheese, lettuce, and a side of chips, and a cup of water. I don't want to be disgusting because I don't like talking about it, but I feel like that would just wreak havoc on my body. Of course. Like, that's every a bad day. choice. Mm-hmm. He says that the whole thing was just a, an accident. He decided to get Chipotle, and then he just kept getting the same thing, and he loves it, and he doesn't know when he's going to stop because he just likes it. Well, it's interesting because I thought they were going to say, you know, because he got the burrito bowls. I thought they were going to say, you know, he's healthier. So they said he gained 14 pounds. Yeah. So now far he said he wanted to gain pounds, but that's weight. what he wanted since he recently became right. a vegetarian and dropped a lot of weight. But I did think they would say, you know, he's healthier now. I thought there was going to be something behind it. They're like, nah, he just has explosive <laughs> diarrhea and he gained 14 pounds. Like, I love Chipotle as he's much as the next guy, in the but, picture I saw. you know, spicy food every day for 107 days feels like. And the staff gives him free food, like, one out of every ten visits. Mm. And I saw they put uh, birthday candles in his 100th burrito bowl, mm. and it said 100. So, they, I mean, obviously they recognize him. He's going to the same one. I, don't, I mean, I know some people really, really, really love Chipotle, and I like it. It's just fine. I could, I, eat, I could I eat it a lot. I, I could eat, eat it a couple a days lot. a week. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. A couple easy. days a week, no problem. But every single day for lunch, I was trying to think of the thing that I could eat every single day for lunch. I do love... Like a Big Mac, but if I eat a Big Mac every day, it's a lot of red meat after a while to eat every day for lunch. No, there's probably not that much red meat in a Big Mac, to be honest. I mean, I love, I love McDonald's. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. I think no, you know your idea. Like relative, you're trying to make it seem right, like you're eating a steak for lunch every day. Which I, don't I also think it's thought same. about right. Like, right. And I don't think it'd be the same. I don't think it'd have day. the same effect. As, no, I think you could probably. And there is that guy who's had a Big Mac every day. He was in Super Size. Yeah, and he he's loved had, it. Like, Twenty it's like years. The best sandwich ever. And he's not overweight or anything. He eats it every single day. So I thought maybe. I thought for me, I can't imagine. Now I'm sure I'm wrong, but I love shrimp, and I feel like I could eat like shrimp with cocktail sauce, like boiled shrimp like with cocktail sh- sauce. Shrimp cocktail? Like I was thinking, warm, like hot shrimp, but I, you know, maybe cold. I don't know. I was thinking hot. You get hot any kind of shrimp, shrimp you want. Sauce? Yeah, like maybe grilled shrimp. Oh, I like grilled shrimp. You know, the shrimp skewers or you something. You sound like. Um Forrest Gump or whatever. Bubba. Yeah. Bubba. <laughs> yeah. I, I could get shrimp. grilled shrimp. I could get shrimp. Shrimp on the cob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop Butter it. shrimp. I get it. You like shrimp. Garnish shrimp, plain shrimp, cold shrimp, warm shrimp, shrimp sandwiches. I think I could eat now, shrimp see, somebody every says day. good sense. I, I said good sense earlier when we were talking about it. I think yeah. I could eat a penny club every day. And somebody oh. said Pickleman's, and um, do they... Uh, do they advertise? I hate that place. I can't stand Picklemans. Uh, I like it okay, but I, horrible. I, I think I'd rather have... I mean, I know I'd rather have... If I'm like, it looks it fancy, then you walk in, and it's yeah, kind I've of never had a good crappy. there. I, I like it. it. I like it, but I, I do like... I would choose Good Sense over it. I'm eating it every day for lunch. I think that Penny Club... Oh, Penny Club's so good. I've been eating them since I was like eight years old, and mm-hmm. I'm still, I still get really excited about it, so the thought of having one every day for lunch, I just can't imagine getting tired of it. Plus, you're getting a little bit of a sandwich. Is a good choice. Sandwich is a good choice. But you have to get the same sandwich. You wouldn't be able to get. You can't get different things. No, I think since this guy gets the same exact thing at Chipotle every day, I was trying to think of the same exact thing. What kind of shrimp would I get? What kind of sandwich? I could probably eat a slice of pizza every day for lunch. Thought about pizza, but that's a lot of grease after all. I'm afraid my stomach would start to hurt. You'd probably do sushi every day. No, no, no. Sushi's delicious, but you'd end up getting mercury poison or something like Jeremy. So would you from a shrimp? I thought about the iodine poisoning. Yeah, yeah. I have to be farm raised. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> I if I could eat sushi it. every day. Wasn't for there some guy who got Olive Garden every day for a year? 
Yeah, he bought the all you could eat. Yeah, yeah. It was in a year. I think it was like wasn't it like six months or three months. Yeah, I don't know how long it was. Yeah, he went in there and ate all every day. Mm. But he was eating different things, right? I think you got to pick if you're going to pick something. It's got to be the same thing every day. The Penny Club sounds pretty good to me. That sounds like a safe bet. Someone said Pita Pit. That's good. I like Pita Pit. You have to get the same thing every day. I like Pita Pit, too, but you have to get the same thing every day. Right. Right. Like, I like Mr. Euro. I could eat their salads a lot. But but every single day. I might be able to pull off a Greek salad every day. Just for lunch. I can eat whatever I want for breakfast and dinner, right? Yeah. I might be able to pull off a Mr. Euro Greek salad every day. Just the Greek salad? Yeah. With chicken or no chicken? With nothing. Just Just the Greek Greek salad. salad. And that's your lunch every day? You might be able to pull that off. Because you could say for two things. One's, you know... Their Greek dressing is delicious, man. It is. It's, you I could drink, drink it, it out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. It's good. Same with the dressing at Jerusalem. I could drink that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I want a salad every day for lunch. It's a lot of roughage. But I guess you need it. I guess you're supposed to eat it. I don't know. Right. That's the other thing. Like You could think like this is okay. Right. Like After a while, whatever else you're eating, you're like, am I okay? At least with a salad, you're like, eh, it's fine. It's not going to hurt it. me. I got it. There's no way I would ever get tired of... I think they're all out of business now, but there's no way I would ever get tired of the Schlotsky's original. No way. No way. Mm. I think if I had it every single day, I would be excited about it every day What's for 100 that? days. It's just like ham and black olives and cheese. You know, it's on their round sourdough bread with oh. the lettuce, and it's delicious. Hey, I like the Firehouse subs, too. And mm, the guy yeah. said the New York Steamer, which is a horrible name, but an awful, an awesome sandwich. I love it. But... You know, I thought about I did. I was going to say Firehouse subs too, but don't ask for it at Missy. But with the with the with, with the it being warm, I think it could be a problem. I think so too. Like if you're eating a hot, a big hot sandwich every day, the old what's it called, the Boston Steamer, yeah, New York, York Steamer, whatever. Yeah. That's it's great though. I'm sure it is. I love that place. Well, it's, yeah. like the, it's like the Z Man. Z Man's great, but but you can't eat, you eat it every, every day, day every for lunch. Day. There's no right. way. Yeah. There's no way. I'd be cramping up. I'm going to go Penny Club. Final answer. Uh, Spicy mustard, vinegar and oil, black olives, and that's it mm. on white bread. I could eat a whole one. Mm-hmm. Eat a whole 18-incher. Uh, I'll stay with sushi. Yo, sushi every day, you sure? Mercury poison. I love it sushi. It does sound good, but I feel no, like a that few doesn't days sound good. Every get, I feel like you'd be like, oh, and it. then you're going to get... There's a chance you get some bad sushi. Like, I don't want anything that has a chance I get something bad. Yeah. Then I got to eat it the next day. I mean, barring any medical things. <laughs> yeah, you could get some warm sushi. I'm not in. Mm. I'm not interested. I'm, I understand why you choose it. It is delicious and it sounds delicious right now. And but it's I not don't terrible know every for day. you. And... No, it's probably not. You should come on over to the Penny Club side. Man, I love Penny Clubs. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, how how bad do you want one right now? Yeah. And they're not sponsoring this segment. Mm-hmm. No, nobody is. So I'm just being honest. I think that's what I'd have to pick. Hmm. Now, when Lazo was doing the low-carb thing, he would get salads from Panera every day, and I was eating their mm-hmm. spicy grilled chicken thing, or <laughs> whatever it was. You weren't getting salads. You were getting some sort of... Yeah, no, I got salads. Uh, was it salads? And I eat their grilled chicken thing every single day. And I will admit... Whatever the hell that thing was, I never got tired of it. Every the time Meredith brought it, I was like, The chicken mm. Caesar from the Bronx is pretty awesome. It's you pretty can eat that too. a lot. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. You can eat that a lot. Yeah. It's a solid salad. I would have to go with a salad of some sort. I feel like either Mr. Euro or that salad from the Bronx. 
Salad's weak. You can't go salad. That's it's like lunch. It's like saying I'll just drink a can of Slim Fast or something. Like, yeah, okay, but it's just a salad. Right. It's just a salad. You got to take some risk here. I don't want to take any risk. This is a safe bet. You're not committed. A Greek salad is a safe bet. There's got to be something that you love that you that you. Think I love maybe- the Greek salad. All right. <laughs> I could do a Greek salad every day. I mean, I don't see the reason to risk it all on sushi. <laughs> Like that right just now seems it sounds good. I know, but it doesn't seem like you've planned ahead. Like I feel thirty days in, you're gonna be like, God damn, have I eaten a lot of sushi? Yeah. Wish I'd had a salad. Right. Grilled cheese? I could do grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. That's a solid one. Yeah. I don't like grilled cheese. What? I know it's no weird. one doesn't what like if grilled cheese. I don't what like it. What kind of ass hat doesn't I'm like an grilled asshole, cheese? Okay, I don't like it. What do you mean you don't like it? You, I don't like it. Hold part? on a second. You like it. I don't really like Maybe it. Maybe you don't like ordering it out because you think it's too expensive. No, and it, you know the... No, it reminds me of like someone's sick and your mom wants to make you a grilled cheese. It's a cheese sandwich. Yes. It's what, a sandwich with nothing on there's, it. What part could you not like? Right. Is that's the thing. Do you like cheese? Bread? Right. Which one don't you like? I, like? I don't like that you're calling it a meal. And I also don't like that there's two slices of bread involved for one piece of crappy cheese. I just don't like it. It's let a me, sandwich. Of course Let me not like it. Okay. No, I'm not going to let you not like it. It's not true because it's not true. You're I don't saying like it. it. I don't. I would totally no. eat it if I liked this it. This changes like everything. It. No. <laughs> There's no way you don't, I don't like, like it. it. You may. You might be angry at it because you don't think it's a substantial sandwich. But when you I mean, bite are, into a grilled cheese, you don't say that's disgusting. There are other, no asshole of does that. Not. <laughs> there are other things obviously that taste worse than a grilled cheese, but I don't yeah, think like it everything. Good. I don't think it tastes good. It what do you mean it doesn't taste good? Because I don't. I'm sure I could go to some fancy restaurant where they make a fancy grilled cheese, and I'm like, you okay, don't need it's not to. You put it in a. But in if a it's just two pieces singles. of toast in a crap single, I don't like it. Okay. What do you I mean that's, like that's a lie? I also don't like it's Velveeta, Velveeta, Velveeta shells and cheese. It. I don't. You're like angry it. at the grilled cheese because of its simplicity. No, I don't yes, you like are. It. You're like, oh, yeah. this isn't a real sandwich. You're angry at it because it's beautiful in its simplicity. I'm angry, and that annoys me. Get me pissed off now. You not like grilled cheese. I just don't like it, okay? I don't believe you. It's just not my thing. Jesus Christ. What's not your thing? Cheese? I don't like that craft cheese. I don't. Well, there's different kinds of piece. grilled cheese. I just well, you said, can I'm pick sure whatever. you can make me some fancy grilled cheese. No, like, you don't need a kind of... fancy one. You can pick whatever. What, what slices of cheese do you use when you make a sandwich? I don't. It seems like my mom and my wife always use the craft cheese stuff. Then you don't like it. No, I, I don't see like it on it. your sandwiches when you bring it in. I never use that. You never stuff. have any cheese on your sandwiches. I'll use provolone and stuff sometimes. Well, make it out of provolone. That's the beauty of its yeah. simplicity. It just well, any, you can do that. Cheese, turkey on there while I'm messing no, 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 around. No, 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 no. Then it becomes a turkey melt. Right. Well, I prefer. And that. now it starts to get complicated. If we're going to bring heat into this and and cheese. Why not mm. just finish it off with a little meat? God, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal that because you're lying. Big deal. And you're lying. I don't like it. Ask no my one, mom, ask my wife. No. I don't eat them. I never It's because eat you're them. just being an asshole. No, it's I'm a not. condescending There's, prick. You don't like popcorn. Who doesn't like popcorn? You. I don't yeah, like I think cheese. that's normal. What, I don't not like you get stuck in your teeth. There's right. There's it's not that I don't necessarily hate the taste. I don't like the idea of eating it. I don't love the melted butter in it. And I hate the smell of it. I can give you reasons I, as I do, to why I do not the like actual the taste of, of popcorn doesn't bother me, but there's reasons why I would never make it, so I don't eat it. But give me the your only reason for grilled cheese is that it's not a real sandwich. It's possible. That's like me saying I don't like popcorn because it's not real corn. It's possible. Well, of course it's not. It's possible it. that I've hated it for so long that it's just stuck in my head now, but I never eat it. It does not sound good to me, and it definitely does not look good to me.
I don't want it. Anybody, nobody on the text line believes you either. No. Just calling you a filthy, dirty liar. Hey, I'm sorry. May, maybe if you gave me one, maybe I, maybe I need to try it again. But I probably haven't tried one in 15 years. It doesn't look appealing. Go home to me. and make one. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> Why are you so worried about it? I just don't like it. God. So I don't like grilled cheese. But that's not just, true. Just that, that statement's statement not true. Just okay. that statement. That alone. statement right. is not true. Well, then maybe I mistakenly think that I don't like grilled cheese. No, you're just saying that. That's what I'm saying. Is this you're like just a saying that hipster thing to right? No, I'm trying I to be like he is. Edgy or something. My yes. mom couldn't get me to eat them. I just don't like them. Maybe I just don't like that cheese. Not like grilled cheese is not edgy. <laughs> I'm sure it's perfectly fine to like grilled cheese. Boy. Nobody on the text line agrees with you. I said I know. Well, some are rolling in saying I also hate popcorn for the reasons that I discussed. But nobody hate. Nobody takes a bite of grilled cheese and says this sucks. I'll try it again. I'll try it again. See, I mean, I think you could be confusing things. Like you're just saying you hate it. What I'm saying is you've never taken a bite of a grilled cheese and said, "Well, this sucks." I well, I, I did. That doesn't happen. Point. No, you didn't. You're I just angry it. about it. I wouldn't need it. Are we thinking of the same thing? <laughs> Maybe my mom made bad grilled cheese sandwiches. There's no such thing as a bad grilled cheese. That's the point. It's just hot cheese and bread. Yeah, exactly, dummy. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Right. What, what, you don't Guys, like bread or hot know. cheese? Which one don't you like? I don't know what you want what me to say. What don't you like, hot if cheese I or bread? If I tell you I like it, then I'm lying. If I tell you I don't like it, you accuse me of lying. Hold on so a second. What do you want tell me to say? Tell me what you don't like, hot cheese or bread? I don't like the cheese. You don't like hot cheese. Don't. I don't like that. Well, now you're an cheese. idiot. You're, you don't like hot cheese. I don't cheese. hate all hot cheese. Nobody's ever said they don't like hot right. cheese. Oh, you know what I don't like? Hot cheese. I just said, I'm sure you could make me some gourmet hot cheese sandwich that I would like. But when you take be... two pieces of Wonder Bread, heat them up with butter, toast them, and put that no. craft stuff on there, I don't like it. And that, to me, is a quintessential And when the cheese melts out and gets cheese. all hot and crunchy or on that Yeah, side? that's the best oh part. God. Yeah. Forget about it. And a little it. bit of salt on top. Yeah. Maybe a couple pickles. Oh. Boom. You're making it sound better as you add things to it. But Put salt and pickles, sorry. Pickles is a start. Maybe a little bacon might help. I don't know. I'm surprised you don't tell me you don't like bacon. I do like Duh. bacon. You don't like bacon? I do like bacon. <laughs> Good God. So a man doesn't like a grilled cheese. Yes. Do you hear yourself? Yes. Do you hear yourself? Really worked up about it. I'm not sitting there going, Ugh, look at your grilled cheese. I can't believe you're eating that. I understand that I'm in the minority. I just don't like it. You're not in the minority. You're the only one. There's a difference between being in the minority and being the someone one. You're there, that guy. Someone else out there doesn't like grilled cheese. No, there no. isn't. Maybe someone who is lactose intolerant. That's it. You're with a group of people who are medically unable to eat grilled <laughs> cheese. That's it. It's you and them. That's it. All right. I'll try it again. Maybe I'll love it. Anyway. Well, here's what, what I do know as a fact. Picking? I don't even remember why we got to grilled Here's what, what I do pick? know as a fact. That you will not take a bite of a grilled cheese and go, that's disgusting. Not that possible. won't happen. Nope. So maybe you're, you were being hyperbolic by saying you hate grilled cheese. What we're saying is that no one hates grilled cheese. Now, you may like things more than it. But you don't hate Agreed. grilled cheese. Certainly, Thank there are things you. that are disgusting. Thank you. You don't hate it. You don't hate it. When you bite into it, you'll be like, "This is you're, fine." Okay, you're maybe, not going to hate it. Maybe so you just like, say, "I don't like grilled cheese as much as you like it." So maybe it's like the you know you talk about. Now you we're starting soup to get, make a little bit of process. 
You talk now about how you we're starting soup, to I mean, Maybe that's out. why I hate grilled cheese, because my mom would try and p- pass it off as a meal. I'm like, I don't like this, and it's definitely not a meal. So maybe that was the problem. Obviously, there are things I dislike more than grilled cheese, I'm sure. Lots of things. Well, thank you. I mean, that's a long way to get you to say you don't hate grilled cheese. It took a long time. It's like investigating a terrorist. God, I feel like it. Pretty much it would have been are. easier if you just used the drill. I'm sorry I ever said anything. Are you picking salad to eat for the next hundred days? Is that what you would choose? Grilled cheese. <laughs> I've changed mine. Snow cone, your grilled cheese now? The problem is we'd have to cook it here. Yeah. Just say, just pretend like someone's making it for you. Just a normal, regular grilled cheese. Yeah. yeah I, could eat, I could eat a yeah. grilled cheese sandwich every day. Yeah, of course. Easy. No problem. I think I've changed mine, though. What? Chicken macaroni and cheese. The, just the restaurant? Yeah, the restaurant. You've got to pick something. Every day. The you chicoroni eat the chicoroni sandwich. Yeah. You're going to be... <laughs> you have a hell of a time eating that every single oh, day. Oh, no, I, easily. I'm going penny club. I'm sticking with it. Just no cheese, right? Jesus Christ. Can I please push the... Well, what kind of Can cheese I, are you going to put on a penny club? Uh, provolone. Are you sure? Yes. I don't know. That's a lot of cheese every day. Good God. Can I please put You don't like cheese, right? I mean, I do like cheese. All that cheese and bread. (laughs) Cheese is fine. The Church of Laszlo.